Podkist 157, author Ross Radley of Magic, The Kiss Chronicles 1973 to 1983 is here. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. I am Ross Radley. I'm the author of Magic Kiss Chronicles, 1973 to 1983, and you're listening to Podkist with Ken Mills. Welcome to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, your host here today. Today I'm joined by author Ross Radley, author of Magic. The Kiss Chronicles, 1973 to 1983. Welcome to the Podkiss Studios, Ross. Glad to have you here at the Podkiss today, Ross. Good to see you. Wow, that sounds ominous. <laughs> the noise in the room went... <laughs> like out of a, an action movie. That's what, that's what it normally sounds like in here. Where are you at? I'm in my studio. Now, Ross, there are two different versions of... Magic, the Kiss Chronicles, 1973 to 1983. What are the differences? There's a standard edition of Magic that has 500 plus pages, hardcover, full color glossy pages, heavy duty binding so it won't fall apart on you. That's a standard edition. But wait a second. Hold on a second. Don't, don't, don't give me this standard stuff, Ross, because I'm a Kiss fan, and I know that Kiss... 1973 to 1983 were anything but standard. I know you've got a deluxe version. That's the one with all the, 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 the bonus stuff, like you would get the tattoos and the, the booklet and everything. That, that, that made a Kiss album an event. You're making this an event. Tell me about the deluxe version. Absolutely right. This is an event. In the deluxe version, you'll get the regular book as well as a 100-page soft cover, full color, book specifically on the making of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. That extra book plus 11 trading cards, oversized trading cards, 9 by 12, one for each year, 73 to 1983, plus, don't order yet, <laughs> plus an 18 by 24 inch poster of a special illustration artwork done by uh, master artist Steph Martinez. But wait, there's more. There we go. You know what, man? I completely forgot to mention that the books, uh, the, the deluxe editions will be signed and numbered. Magic Kiss Chronicles 1973-1983. The standard version is $100. And at a steal, the deluxe version is $150 with that extra Kiss Meets the Phantom book. The Donruss replica, those are just going to be amazing. And the poster and just... But wait, there's more. There's, it, that, that, is, that is KISS Marketing 101 right there. <laughs> well, it's, it's good that you're getting the message out there, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. You know, it's, um, this book won't succeed if it doesn't sort of become a grassroots effort where everybody spreads the word. So, um, you know, and that's been working that way. I'm, I'm thrilled beyond description the way people have responded and, taken it upon themselves and shared it with friends and all over Facebook and other social media. 
and it seems to be working so far. We just broke 98,000, and it's it's not even been three weeks yet, so uh, I'm excited. Well, let's tell folks what the book is, what it's about, and why you're here today. All right, let's see if I can boil this down. I have a tendency to to ramble on when I talk, start talking about the book just because there's a lot to say. Well, it's, it's called Magic, Kiss Chronicles, 1973 to 1983, and it's a day-by-day chronicle of those 10 years from 1973 to 1983, which is the original makeup era before they took their makeup off. The book ends at the end of the Creatures Tour, uh, which was the last time they appeared in makeup and costumes as the Kiss that we, you know, we knew at that time. Uh, I still, as a fan, I still followed them after they took their makeup off and was went to all the concerts, bought all the albums, and was still a huge fan and loved the music, loved the band. Uh, but I decided to do this book on those first 10 years and try to encompass everything that they did every day. I know Kiss Alive Forever is an excellent book, and it focuses on their concerts, but this will also include the recording sessions, uh, whatever photo sessions they did, interviews, TV appearances, uh, promotional appearances, any band or and management meetings, every every detail that can be scrounged up for those ten years will will be chronicled in detail in Magic. Uh, another focus of Magic is uh, pointing out the differences and really studying their costumes and makeup, even including the the different guitars and and stage equipment, drums and lighting and props and Every little visual detail about the band will be uh, examined very closely so that people know exactly when did Gene start using the Gibson Grabber bass and when did he stop using the original Lobu bass and things like that, and uh, as well as their costumes and makeup. So that'll be a big part of the book as well. So who all did you interview while doing this book? I mean, I know that this is not a book, say, of interviews, but you've had to bump into some very interesting characters in the world of KISS along the way. Yeah, no, I've interviewed a lot of the photographers that I've, that I've reached out to and got their experiences at, you know, at the shows and either backstage or you know, them, what they did as a photographer in general. So I interviewed a lot of photographers a lot of fans that were there. You know, Facebook has, has been a wonderful resource to connect with people who were actually there and, you know, still have their mem- their fond memories close at hand. One of the main points of magic is to make you feel like you're stepping through those years with the band, that you, um, you know, visually and information-wise, it's almost like you're on the road with them, you're in the studio with them, you know, you're doing an interview or a video or a TV appearance or whatever, it'll make you feel like you you were there. And it's sort of exhausting, to be honest with you. Uh, those the, the schedule that KISS kept back then was really, um, you know, they were superhuman <laughs> to be able to do, pull that off. So um, as you flip from page to page, um, it will be pretty overwhelming and exhausting to realize man, they did this, and then the next day was this, and then the next week they did this, and it's just so intense. That's part of the fun of this book. Uh, The fans have great memories that they've shared 
I just met with a, a, a KISS fan that on Sunday, happens to live here in the Houston area. His name is Derek Hinesley, and uh, he shared some great memories that he had. And even he had kept the poster tube that his Empire State Building poster that he ordered from the Love Gun order form. He kept the poster tube that it came in, which had the Boutwell sticker on the address label, had the a logo for Boutwell incorporated on there. And so he brought that with him, and we got some pictures of that to include in the book. To me, the fans may sound pretty cliche, but the fans are the real story. Absolutely. You know, I've been fairly active in promoting this. I've been uh, pushing this really hard. And occasionally I'll say thank you because people will say, hey, I just ordered that. Thank you for pointing it out. And I'll, no, and I'll say, no, thank you. Yeah. And, and you know, someone said, well, are you getting paid for this? And I said, no, I'm not getting paid <laughs> at all. I just want to see the book. I, I want to own it. This is something I've wanted for a long, long time. So I'm out there, uh, you know, letting everyone know that this is something that you need to be part of. I can't thank you enough, Ken. Thank you. Well, your thanks are going to be when the book gets here, brother. You know, that <laughs> that is, it's going to be something. And I'm I'm completely honored by something that you posted. Going to be thanked in the special credits, right? Almost oh, definitely, in a, in a big way, Ken. Well, I saw I, I saw the video you posted of the the thank you page, and I was just gobsmacked when I saw that, and it it means a lot to me because this is this is an important book. This is something that, like I said earlier, this is by fans for fans. You're not going to get this in depth from from just every every book that you pick up. And there's been some great KISS books that have come out, and this one's going to be very special. I have a feeling that this is going to be a lot of things that we've wanted as KISS fans for a very long time. I appreciate that, Ken. You know, it's um, I've, I've, this is another cliche that I've been uh, saying in some of the interviews, is that just like KISS was the band that they always wanted to see on stage, and, well, Magic is the book that I've always wanted to see on the shelf and um the the fan aspect of this the uh the kiss army uniting and everybody working together to make this happen you know it's 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 much more difficult to get it done in this way i mean if i was if i was independently wealthy and had just 125,000 laying around that i wanted to play with you know it it would make this a lot easier but there wouldn't be a story to it. The fact that this is, you know, succeeding because fans want it to succeed, that's, to me, a huge story. And to me, it's the same story as the KISS Army. You know, the fans were the ones that made KISS, not the critics, not the record company executives who rolled their eyes at, you know, when they saw the first album cover, they're like, who are these clowns, right? I mean, Literally. Yeah, absolutely. So the fact that there is a, you know, there's a fan base that uh, I've sort of, I've tried to cultivate over the last three or four years on Facebook and other social media, including um, the KISS FAQ, big shout out to Julian Gill. We both love him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone over at Podcast Rock City, just everybody that's out there that's helping get the word out. Love you guys and uh, glad to be part of this with all of them. Seriously. Well, I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Podcast Rock City as well. And I've got another podcast scheduled 
with the Ages of Rock with yes. Dennis Talbot. Great guys, great guys. Yeah, again, you know, these are things I didn't go knocking on people's doors. Um, I mean, that was a, that was a conscious effort that I said, you know what? I don't want to, to to beg favors. I just want this to be from the heart that people recognize the effort that I've put into it. Myself and Scott Davis, the amazing designer, who um, I never want to forget his name when we're when we're talking about this project because he's a huge part of it too. So, um, but you know, people who believe in the project and want want it to succeed badly enough that they're being proactive and sharing it on Facebook and letting people know about it and inviting me on to podcasts just like you did, where you reached out and said, hey, you know, you want to have, have a chat? And you were there at the beginning also back in 2015. Uh -huh. So the success of this is not down to any one person or even two. You know, it's a huge, you know, grassroots effort to, to raise the, the awareness and for people to trust that if they pay for it now, that they will get exactly what they paid for, you know, when the book is finished. So to me, that's a huge part of this story. And I'm, I couldn't be more proud and excited to be a part of it at all. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. But this one's something else, sweetheart. Baby. Introducing the kiss that gets you, Angel. Kiss, a new group, a new album on Casablanca Records. You know, there's a phrase, by fans, for fans. Yep. You know, every once in a while you see on, on, on the message boards or Facebook or the social medias, why can't Kiss make something like this band does and, and and why can't kiss do this why can't kiss do that and the bottom line is that as much as kiss loves being in kiss or being kiss they'll never be fans of kiss in the way like those of us are who have no vested interest in it right gene simmons and paul stanley live and breathe kiss we know that they love it but there's a way that you and I breathe kiss that they will never understand. They might feel that way about the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or whatever inspired them or came before them. But this is something that we understand as fans, correct? You understand where I'm coming from? A hundred percent. Yeah. And here, here's my take on, you know, the question about why or even whether or not uh, kiss themselves would would or could do a, a project like this um one thing i feel for certain and you know this is just my opinion but it seems like um nothing that is this focused on the past will be allowed to happen from officially from kiss until the current kiss has run its course 
Um, it seems pretty clear to me that Paul, especially, would doesn't welcome the competition between what is happening now and what happened 40 years ago. Um, and I don't, I can't say that I blame him. <laughs> the original Kiss is cast such a huge shadow. Right. There is no way that you can't live under that shadow. There's just no way to get away from it. And it's a great legacy to have, but the problem with legacies is that you have to live with them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, KISS is definitely interested in keeping current KISS going, and you'll get reissues and things like that, and uh, maybe a new action figure or something. But something this in-depth, I don't even know if KISS would be able to put this together because they don't know what we, the fans, want in this respect. Yeah, this is this is like an archaeological study, you know, and it's a different thing that a fan does compared to the people who are busy living and have lived the the story is, you know, unless they take the time to to study at this level, then they won't know the details at this level. You know, Gene, uh, he never, you know, he, he never took drugs, so he doesn't have that excuse. But for for some strange kind of twisted reason, he doesn't seem to care enough to really learn the details of his own history. He definitely knows, I assume he knows accurately, the details of the comic books and the horror movies. He seems to profess that he knows those details. I don't know, you know, I don't know the details, so maybe he has those wrong too. I don't know. It would take somebody who knows the details of comic books and horror films to call him on his mistakes. But as far as history goes, uh, Gene uh, just, he, he makes more mistakes than he gets it right, whether it's in his own books or in interviews, you know, even just, he'll just make, he seems to just make up dates that sound good enough, you know, and he says them with authority. So nobody seems to question him. And most people really don't know the difference anyway. Uh, I remember there was an, there was an interview, Gene and Ace, did a sort of like a press conference thing along with um, Don Felder of the Eagles and Rick Nielsen. I think this was earlier this year. Yes, Might we have... actually have it as a podcast episode. You can check it out. Yeah, and so, you know, somebody mentions or, or Ace mentions the, um, the you know, him getting shocked in, in Lakeland, Florida. And I don't know if they asked for the date or if he was trying to think of what date it was and couldn't come up with it. And, you know, and, and Gene said something like, I think he just threw out like March 17th, 1977 or something like that. I, I don't know what the date was, but he just threw out a date. <laughs> but he said it would like authority, like he knew what he was talking about. So, and I think even Ace made a comment, oh, Gene knows, you know, he remembers all those dates or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely do. But he's, he's um, you know, obviously he's wrong because, you know, at least, you know, he's within a, you know, a few months of the actual date. But I don't know, man, for me, if I'm going to go around telling somebody that I know a specific thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I'm not talking out of my ass and that I actually know the specific thing I'm talking about. And I'm correct, not just in the ballpark. So, yeah, uh, December 12th, 1976 is not the same as March 17th, 1977. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So that's just that's the way it's been going. 
Yeah, well, that's one of those things that, like, uh, I, I imagine that Gene would probably say, guys, while, while you were reading about it, I was living it, and I went on to live the next second and the next day after that and so on sure. and so forth. There's this book by Michael Nesmith, formerly of the Monkees, called Infinite Tuesday, in which he talks about a phenomenon called Amarcord. And what that is is basically history as I remember it. Or the way I remember things, my recollection of it, how I choose to remember it. So, you know, these guys are not spring chickens. And <laughs> But what's funny, man, is uh, Gene was getting it wrong even, even back when it was pretty close to the actual thing. In the interview that Gene and Paul did with Flo and Eddie in January of 82, um, when they did that little interview... And one of the first things they talk about was the Anaheim Stadium appearance that Flo and Eddie made. And G again, Gene says in confidence that it was August 25th. He goes, I remember the date. It was August 25th because it was my birthday. And, <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's closer on that than he is on most of the things. But, again, if you're going to make a claim that you've, you've got, you know, specifics on something, you know, you, you should be right. And I don't, I, he just, he just isn't. And, you know, I think Paul has a clearer memory of most things than Gene seems to have. Um, and that was, I, I noticed that in a recent, uh, when Paul appeared with Gene at one of the vault things and uh, Gene was telling a story and Paul was just shaking his head and he goes, that's not the way it went. <laughs> so as so, a matter of fact, I believe he says, that's the way you remember it happening. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a different thing to spend years studying something, okay? You know, I lived my life, but I don't know all the details of my high school years. So if somebody had the paperwork and photos to study and took the time to look back and they'd go, did you know on March 17th that you did this? I'd go, I, I, I believe you. I have no recollection of, of what day it was. You know, I wasn't concerned with remembering that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I have photographers sometimes who, we, I, you know, I get into friendly debates with them about when they took their photo because they, they go, well, I was there. And I go, yeah, I know, but you were other places too, and you're confusing this one with that one. And then I have to prove it to them, and I show them the, the, the different photos and explain the difference in, in the costumes. And, and then, you know, finally they'll, they'll concede and go oh i say yeah well i'm sorry i had it wrong and that's just the way it goes so it's all right that's what i'm trying to trying to put out a book that will have all the as many of the correct dates and fix any of the mistakes that are have been going on I, i'll give you a, a recent uh a bit, or coming up on a um, another anniversary the kids are people Two filming date has been reported as july 27th so that's just two days away but that date is wrong <laughs> i've got you know there's official paperwork from july 28th in our coin management saying july 30th will be the kids or people to appearance um the reason the july 27th date showed up is in kiss alive forever um they were they didn't cite this source but they talked they i found out that they used a 16 magazine article and that's how they got that that specific date. But, um, you know, 16 Magazine is not really, uh, you know, a reliable source for accurate information. So as time goes on and more more facts are revealed, 
and there's more sources to um, make a healthy claim for a, an accurate date, well, then that that becomes the date. So um, July 30th, folks, is is when they film the kids are people too. You know, there are people out there who go, well, who gives a shit, right? Whether it was the 27th or the 30th. And my my contention is that somebody whose birthday it is, July 30th, who loves that filming, maybe saw them for the first time and saw Eric Carr for the first time on Kids Are People Too, they might be interested to know that that's when it was filmed. So not everybody cares about the details, but this book is for people who do. That's that's the truth. Magic is for people who care about the details. Whether it's costumes, whether it's makeup variations, whether it's like for example when Paul had that discolored part of his hair where where it was blonde for a while, when he had those gray cheek marks, you know, things like that. These these are the things that'll drive a fan nuts after a while. <laughs> Stuff that you yeah. saw as it was as it was happening in the 70s and then you go back and look and like well, exactly how long did he have his hair colored like that? Exactly when did he get his tattoo? Magic will show you all of that stuff. Correct. Now, I want you to pick a song. A lot of what Kiss is is the live show. When you think of Kiss Alive, tell me what one song jumps into your head, what one song typifies Kiss in the early days. We're talking like, 75 76 74 what song jumps out at you as kiss what song screams kiss i guess the one that screams kiss the most would be uh probably deuce but that's not necessarily my favorite um song for that period especially deuce seems like you know if you wanted to show somebody what kiss live was and you showed them deuce and you saw the energy on stage and you saw them doing the um, little choreography at the end with the guitars and stuff. I think that would be, you know, a really strong way to show somebody, okay, this is this is a good idea of what you got at a Kiss show. Um, of course, you could always choose a song that was that had some kind of um, production highlight, like you know, Firehouse or something when Gene breathes fire, or uh, when he when he spits blood, or even you know the big finale. Of Black Diamond where the drums go up and the bombs go off and all that stuff. But to me, those those are like, you know, those are special effects that happened, you know, sporadically through the show. The majority of, the, of a KISS show, back then especially, was them high energy, totally into every single note that they're playing, uh, tight as can be, and rocking back and forth as a team. And to me... Deuce does the trick to kind of represent that. Alright then, Deuce! You want it the best and you got it! The hottest man in the land! Do the things I just 
Now, there are two ways that people can get this book right now, right? One that is a limited edition, and then one that's going to be the everyday one, right? The, there's the deluxe version. Yes, Ken, there's a deluxe version. And here's all you get for the deluxe version. The deluxe edition will have the, the same book that is the standard edition, the same 500 plus pages, somewhere between 500 and 550 pages, full color, glossy pages, heavy stock paper, hardcover, super strong binding called Smythe Sewn Binding, so it won't fall apart on you. That same book will come as a standard edition as well as the deluxe edition. You know, Ross, I almost look at the deluxe versions as like when you would get the Kiss albums back in the 70s. And there'd be posters and tattoos and books. And there's this this really has that kind of a feel to it. The deluxe version does. Uh, that's a great way to look at it. We took it a few steps further where you you also get a hundred page uh, softcover book. 100-page book specifically about Kiss Meets the Phantom. We have so much information, specific day-by-day filming, which scenes, who, you know, all these details and photos from the month, the month of May 1978 when they filmed that TV movie. We, we couldn't fit it all in the book, so we decided to do an extra 100-page book. So you get an extra 100-page book uh, specifically about Kiss Meets the Phantom. You get... 11 uh, oversized trading cards is what we're called them. Nine by 12, but heavier stock than regular paper. It would be like a trading card thing that's, you know, frameable. And it's based on the Donruss uh, trading cards from 78 with rare photos that were never in those trading cards from 78. And there's 11 of them because there's one from each year from 73 to 83. So we've got some really cool photos for that. And then the last goodie bonus is a, an 18 by 24 inch poster that is an illustration by the amazing artist named Steph Martinez. Uh, a lot of KISS fans may know his work. Last year he came out with a, um, a little um, mashup of Star Wars and KISS. And he had this great image of Gene Simmons and Darth Vader kind of blended together. And then he did C-3PO and Ace Fraley and Chewbacca and um, Peter Chris. And then the last one was Han Solo and Paul Stanley. So if you search Star Wars Kiss online, you'll see these these images. And he's doing a special poster uh, just just for the magic book. So you get the book. You get an extra book, 100 pages, Phantom book. You get 11 9 by 12 uh, special prints, and you get an 18 by 24 inch poster that'll be folded and put into the book in just basically the same way, like you mentioned, when you bought, you know, the Dynasty album and you got that extra fold out poster that came in the album. That is an amazing package, and for $150, that's a bargain. I want to encourage our listeners to. Personally, if I were you, I would get the deluxe edition. It's got so many goodies, so many great things that you're going to want to have. That inside Kiss Meets the Phantom 100-page softcover book in itself, it contains everything you wanted to know about the 1978 cult classic, loaded with newly discovered documents, facts, photos, and funds, 
what Kiss fan doesn't want that, right? And I would, <laughs> I, personally, I would love to see, you mentioned the Donruss cards, right? I would love to see a coffee table book made of, of that original set, set one and two. I would buy those in a heartbeat. This is the closest we're probably ever going to get to this, these 9 by 12 trading cards, one for each year, 1973 through 1983, and as you said, suitable for framing. But if that, you know, that's <laughs> all that stuff right there, that's just the frosting. That's what you get for your extra $50. Totally worth it. But the book, even if that stuff wasn't there, the, the, the regular everyday version of Magic, the Kiss Chronicles 1973 to 1983 is so worth it. At $100, it's a steal. But I don't see how a person can go go wrong with either one. But I'm, I would put my finger on the, the Deluxe Edition, folks. From me to you. The Deluxe Edition has been outselling the Standard Edition 5 to 1. And that's from that was from the beginning when we started the pre-orders back on July 9th. It, it's, been, it's been the favorite you know, by far, not even a, not even a close race. And you mentioned about, you know, it being a bargain. One thing that I think is really worth mentioning is that, yes, even the standard edition, $100 for a 500-plus page hardcover book, especially with the way we're, we're designing the hardcover, which will, will, it'll be embossed. If you're familiar with the cover of the book, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got these um, studs, around the border and um, the icons and the logo, all that stuff will be embossed and it'll have silver and red foil to help, you know, illuminate and make the cover something really super special. And that's, that's not just the deluxe edition that'll have that. The regular version will have that, that extra, you know, touch of, of fun on the cover. And so that book, the regular book is worth at least $150, really. That's being mm-hmm. fair. So, and the reason why I only wanted to charge 100 for it is because I knew that the, the overseas uh, shipping would be so expensive. And I'm, I've tried to express this to some of the people who are concerned about the shipping costs overseas, that to think about it like this, you're saving $50 on your shipping costs because the book is only $100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm hoping that helps take the, take the sting out a little bit. But, you know, I don't know that it does. But that's the truth. And the same for the Deluxe Edition with all those bonuses could easily be $200. And no one should look at that and go, wow, that's so overpriced for all the stuff that you're getting. But, again, it's only 150 And it's, um, it's going to be the highest quality, you know, that, that can be made. I'm not, not cutting any corners. I just want this thing to be the best book. I want it to be a book that I'd be proud to own, whether I was involved in it or not. This is one of those things that's going to be an instant collector's item. It's it's just as simple as that. Once these are printed, it's done, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I've got I've invested so much time with this. Uh, we're <laughs> you know we're doing three thousand copies of the standard edition and a thousand copies of the deluxe edition. And once I've finished shipping the last one of those, I'm just going to collapse on the floor and, um, and take, take a little bit of time to myself because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's going to have to ship all those books, me, myself, me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a, a company that people that will come in. I'm hoping I can get some local 
friends and even some because I teach music. So hopefully some of my students might come in and help me. This is how you play an A chord and this is how you ship books, Jimmy. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, you ship these 10 books and I'll, I'll teach you how to play Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Gene Simmons, Peter Chris, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, Kiss. Rock and Roll Over. Kiss, Rock and Roll Over. Casablanca Records and Tapes. Kiss. Rock and roll over. Now, your website for this, I mean, there's millions of ways to get in touch with you. Where can folks find you on the socials? Well, the Facebook page uh, has been the main source of information and, and interaction and communication. And it's just, you know, I've kept it the same the whole time. It's Magic Kiss Chronicles 1973 to 1983. And maybe that's a mouthful to some, but, you know, hey, we're all big-brained here. We can figure it all out. So, and the same thing for the website where you go to order. Magic Kiss Chronicles, and of course, Chronicles with a K. Wouldn't have it any other way. 1973 to 1983.com. So both both URLs will get you to where you want to go. www.magickisschronicles1973 to 1983.com. Kiss. <laughs> Remember that that voice of that guy that uh, that did that? Remember? Oh man, one of the yeah. things I would love is to find the people who did those voiceovers, especially the guy who did the voiceover for the for the radio. That guy, I think they just pulled somebody out of the mail room and just said, hey, man, will you read this? <laughs> it's just sounded so, so unprofessional. You know, it's fun. Be the first to get yours. The radio created by Kiss. You've seen them, you heard them. Now, for the first time, all the sheer excitement of KISS is yours to capture with the KISS Radio. Take KISS with you. It's fun. Show your friends and be the first. Now, the KISS Radio. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it was done by a professional. No, and I, I wish I could find out who are the people who recorded the KISS song for the dolls. Who wrote that and who recorded it and who's singing Kiss? That's the name, Kiss. They may look insane. It's it's just the funniest thing. And I would I, someday somehow somebody's got to find those people and let them get their moment of glory because what a great song is that? Is it a great song? <laughs> is KISS, each sold separately, and you can put them in any crazy pose you Kiss. want. That's the name, KISS, they may look insane, KISS, it rocks your game, it's KISS. KISS, each 12.5-inch figure sold separately by Mego. I don't know if it's great, right? It's not, it's never going to make my, uh, <laughs> but, but I would love to have that 
and rip and destroy released yeah. you know in full stereo that would be great it's got to oh, be out there somewhere right yeah we'll make it happen <laughs> magic the kiss chronicles 1973 to 1983 the dream lives <laughs> i love it can you do yes <laughs> you do great impersonations man oh. you've uh Mr. Calling, you should be out there on stage doing impersonations. Uh, I'm the first sit-down comedian. I'll I'll come out with a motorized <laughs> lazy boy. Love it. First thing I'll do is I'll drive up to a coffee table. There'll be a remote, and I'll pick it up and set it on the chair and start telling my my stories, my jokes. Now you know I should do a whole thing for this. Yeah. Kiss Chronicles 1973 to 1983 will provide a day-by-day -day detailed look at Kiss's career during the original makeup years 1973 to 1983. Magic will give the reader an inside look at their photo sessions, recording sessions, rehearsals, concerts, interviews, TV appearances, band meetings, personal activities, and more. Estimated at 500 plus full color pages, hundreds of newly discovered facts will be revealed and many mysteries will be solved. And believe us when we say never before seen photos. Photographers and fans from all over the world have followed magic to publish photos no one has ever seen. This is the book you've been waiting for. If you've got great expectations, Magic, the Kiss Chronicles, 1973 to 1983, is the book for you. Magic, Kiss Chronicles, 1973 to 1983. The dream lives. www.magickisschronicles1973-1983.com <laughs> Oh, it's perfection. Thank that was all in one take right there, brother. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Just perfect, man. Well, there's a promo video in the works. Andrew Scambetti. <laughs> that, yes, Andrew is, uh, has agreed and offered to, to make a promo video. He's great. I'll get that. I'll get that audio over to him, and we'll make the the best promo ever made. Excellent. Well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, you're incredible, man. It's gorgeous. Ross, do you have a favorite era of Kiss? Like, like it's weird because, uh, you know, I was watching some videos of the Beatles with my stepson, and. He's so used to dealing with the world of Kiss and my insanity with it, right? So, like, <laughs> is this the Love Gun era? Is this the Destroyer era? You know, things like that, you know. Yeah. And we're watching the uh, Beatles Hello Goodbye video. And oh. they're wearing the uh, Sergeant Pepper outfits, right? Right. And they go, so did they wear them on tour? And I'm like, no. Matter of fact, they probably only wore those in a period of less than two weeks. Yeah. And really, you know, it has such an iconic thing. But we now look we look back at eras of history. And of course, here at podcast, we celebrate all eras of kiss. But oh. we look back at the, the various eras of kiss from 
the early days. And right now I'm looking at a graphic that's got Paul sitting on the throne, uh, Peter with the, the, the Black Panther, Ace on that Lucite throne wearing this, that silver outfit that he only wore for that shoot pretty much, and then yep. jeans in the, in the Chambers of Horrors, right? And yeah. those, those were done to promote the solo albums, right? Correct. Now, what was your favorite, you know, to me that, I look at those pictures and that's a form of magic. I look at them walking around New York in the early days, that's magic, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, what, is, what is one of your, like, favorite moments? What are some of your favorite moments that, like, you go, this, this, is, this is my kiss? Musically, the Alive album is kiss to me. I mean, there's a lot of different forms of kiss. And that's one of the reasons I love them is because they, you know, they they did change things back then pretty significantly, um, you know, every every year or so, you know. So there, there's a there's a huge difference to me between, you know, hotter than hell and and rock and roll over. Of course, even though they're both just basically the same style of music, but the sound is different, and of course things change dramatically. Once you got to uh, Dynasty and Unmasked, and then changed dramatically again with The Elder, and then changed back dramatically uh, with Creatures. So I love the the musical variety that they had, but uh, the one that works the most for me is is Kiss Alive. The sound of that album, the way those songs were recorded live compared to their um, studio counterparts, uh, to me that I, I don't think you could ever ever top it and i don't think there's any reason to present anything other than that to help somebody understand basically what kiss is mm-hmm. having said that the look of destroyer is really just that's so magic especially that that main photo session they did with barry levine with the the glitter background and the spirit of 76 and the Finn costello session with the choppers and the red background, all those things that happened on the same day, April 9th, 1976, my friends, is when that happened. And when you see those photos, the way the band looked then, man, it's just so top-notch and so many so many words could be written about those images uh, and the way those Destroyer costumes looked, um, especially at that time. And the same thing with the early uh, Love Gun photo session with Barry Levine, with the the rainbow background and them on the cubes and um, just just an amazing day to capture them in in those costumes. So th- those two probably Destroyer would win out, but uh, though visually that's my favorite. Musically, the Alive album, I don't, you, I, I I don't think it can be topped. The Kiss albums won by each of the four Kiss stars, a milestone in music history. Paul Stanley. King Simmons. Peter Chris. Cause you matter to me. That's why. You still matter to me. And that's the only Ace 
The Kiss Albums on Casablanca Records and Tapes. A milestone in music history. Now, we mentioned those very unique photos of Paul sitting on the throne, Ace in the Lucide chair and all that, and Gene in the Chambers of Horror, and Peter with the Black Panthers. What can you tell us about those photo shoots? Well, those photo shoots were all but Gene. All those photo shoots were done um, in, in the summer of 78. Gene's photo shoot was done May of 78 is when Gene had, uh, did the photo session in the Chamber of Horrors. That was the same day that they, they filmed the Chamber of Horrors sequence scene in Kiss Meets the Phantom. Uh, all that scenery in all those photos, the ones where Gene's climbing out of uh, Dracula's coffin, it's the same Dracula's coffin that is in the movie. Uh, Gene holding the axe on the staircase, that axe can be seen in the movie. All those photos... Where you know he's got the 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 huge Dracula collar and the cape and all that stuff. Those Chamber of Horror uh, photos were just taken care of on that day in May. But Ace's photo session, Peter's photo session, and Paul's were done in, during the summertime in in order to get all that stuff ready for promotion for the solo albums in September. So um, unfortunately, we don't have specific dates. Uh, for those for those photo sessions, except for jeans, um, but we I've got slides that I've purchased over the years, and the stamp on the slide will say June 1978 or July 1978 or even August 1978. So um, well, at least we have the the month that they were taking they were doing those photo sessions. Now let me ask you a question. There are some pictures of Jean. And they're around the time of the Paul Lynn special. And he's he's with a, the, the Dragula car, right? Mm-hmm. What's the story behind that? Because it, it just seems odd that, that those pictures were taken. Yeah. Um, to the best of my research, those photos would have been taken, um, I guess you would call it technically, uh, August 21st, 1976. After the August twentieth photo, um, excuse me, concert in Anaheim. Um, after the after that concert, uh, Kiss took showers, took the makeup off and everything, put it back on, put their costumes back on for the after show party, where you've seen those photos of them with the cake and uh, the photos of them with Kim Fowley and mm-hmm. various other people. There was a big Rodney Bingenheimer. Yeah, all those photos uh, were taken after the concert on, you know, the evening of August 20th, sometime, you know, after the show was over. Is this also the day that they had the the photos of them holding the the drawings of them without makeup? Is that that same day? No, those were taken on April 9th. This, that's the same day as the, uh, the what I was talking about earlier with the glitter background and um, the choppers. Mm. And in the spirit of 76, the same day they did those photo sessions, they did a press conference um, to announce their upcoming European tour, uh, which, by the way, was that European tour was done in their live costumes, not the destroyer costumes. So they do the press conference 
um, took photos with Star Stowe, not just with the choppers, but also uh, standing up uh, in front of this backdrop. Um, and then that's the photos you see of them holding little drawings of them without without their makeup. That's on April 9th. Wow. Yeah. So that's, you know, one of the, again, when you look through this book, you'll, you'll really understand the complexities of what they were doing, you know, from time to time. And sometimes their costumes were sort of out of whack with what you would expect. So they would do a photo session in one costume and then play concerts in another costume. What was the reasoning for that? Uh, well, they, they the photo sessions are to promote uh, the, the tour that's coming up. Mm. So, you know, they were still finishing, even though Destroyer came out in March of 76, they were still promoting the Alive album. They were still on tour with the costumes throughout March and um, uh, during that time in their Alive costumes and continued the Alive costumes with Europe. They were saving the Destroyer costumes until July of 76 when they started their summer um, Spirit of 76 tour uh, with, the, with the full stage and the costumes. So they hadn't even, when they went to Europe, they hadn't even rehearsed with the stage that they were going to use for the Destroyer, the official Destroyer tour. So the album just came out several months before the tour officially began in terms of the way it looks. So that's, it's very confusing to a lot of people when someone might say, okay, well, you know, this photo is from the Destroyer tour, but they see them in their Alive costumes. So the reason it's called the Destroyer Tour is because the Destroyer album is already out. So they're out playing concerts to promote the most recent album, Destroyer. But they're using their old costumes. So it's, it's just a very confusing situation. The same thing with Love Gun. They did the photo session with the Love Gun costumes in April of 77. And they even did a photo session in May of 77 with their old costume, with their Destroyer or Rock and Roll Over costumes when they went to drop the blood in the ink for the uh, comic book. Uh -huh. And even then, Gene's wearing his Alive boots with, yes. his, with his Destroyer Rock and Roll Over top. So all these kind of differences in their costumes will be explained and detailed so that, you know, fans who think they know all this, you know, all these details will learn new details and will understand better the timeline for how KISS operated back in, in the 70s. So, you know, Ken, another song that typifies KISS's early live experience is Let Me Go Rock and Roll, which um, is actually sort of non-representative of their, um, their normal kind of songs, because it's got that extended jam that goes on for a long time, a lot of instrumental sections that most KISS songs do not have, but that let me go rock and roll is definitely the the live the live version um, is the one that gets me the most pumped up and makes me think of Kiss from that time period. And here's let me go rock and roll. Wee! <laughs> you still got some energy left. You want to help us on this song? All right, then there's something we gotta get. That old Detroit KISS rhythm section. Mm -hmm. 
Is there anything you feel that we haven't touched on? I definitely want to, and I've said it already, but it's worth repeating, uh, the issue about the overseas shipping. So for anybody who's still concerned about that, one of the things I want to point out that will help is um, if you find some other people in your area who also want to order the book, if you combine your orders, have one person place the order, then you can split amongst yourself the shipping costs. The difference to ship for example, if I ship one book to um, UK, it's $75, okay? That's the cost for shipping one book to the UK. Two books is $90. But if two people split that cost, then, they're, then they've saved a lot of money on the shipping cost, and they only pay $45 each. And three books is $110. So, the, you know, the more you order, the lower the shipping cost gets per person that has gone in on that combined order. So I've been trying very hard to help people understand how to do that and encouraging them to reach out to other people in their area who are interested in this book to help, you know, battle the shipping costs, which there's, there's just nothing to be done about it. Okay. It's just a UPS cost for shipping a book this heavy. The book is going to be about six pounds. Plus on top of that, you want it to be protected. Oh, yeah. And that comes at a cost. So once people get this thing in their hands, the, the, the cost will, will be such a, a laughing matter. They'll be so thrilled with what they're hold, holding in their hands. Now, of course, I'm the guy who would say that. I'm the guy putting the book together. Like, why should we believe you? You're not very objective. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, when you see what we have in store and you flip from page, you know, page after page of wow, and photos you've never seen before, information you didn't know before. And that's saying quite a lot considering how many KISS books have been put out. I mean, really, there's a lot of books about KISS out there that you can choose from. And I'm hoping that this book will be the book that, you know, is the definitive book for this time period, for the first 10 years. People have asked me if I'm going to do volume two for 83 to 93. And the answer to that is even though I, I prefer never to say never, uh, I might make an exception in this case because um, the chances of me doing a volume two of this are about as likely as, you know, me growing a second head on my shoulder or something like that. I wouldn't count on it. I've got other things I'd rather do. And even though I love the band during that time period, my passion, the passion required to do a book like this for the non-makeup era is just not something I possess. So if there's somebody else out there who loves the, the 83 to 93 period, by all means, take, take the, you know, the ball and run down the field with it, and I wish you the best of luck with it. But after I'm done with this book, I'm turning my attentions to 
a, a specific photo book for the Rayanne Rubenstein photos, which there are hundreds of. Now, please describe what, what that is to our listeners. All right. So Rayanne Rubenstein is the, the, the lady who photographed Kiss in what is essentially their first f- photo session. It was after the, the photo session for the first album, which was done by Joel Brodsky, but I don't necessarily consider that an, a, a real photo session because all you see, there's no costumes involved. All you see is their faces. They barely moved. You know, they moved their head a little bit one side or another in different facial expressions, but it's not really a KISS photo session. Like her photo session is the red background photo session where you get full band shots all in costumes at the time. Um, you get individual photo sessions for each band member at the time. Each each of the four guys got their own time to shine. And the, the other thing that makes it super special is that they were trying out different makeup uh, variations. M- most notably is Paul uh, had the bandit makeup and then also did the star makeup in the fo- same photo session. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. And she's the photographer who, who was there taking those photos. And she also took the photo session that was on the cover of People magazine in 1980, the first photo session with Eric Carr. So she did all those photos. Plus, before that photo session, just a, a few weeks before, she did photo sessions with each member individually without makeup. So I had a few uh, last week or so I posted a picture of Eric Carr without makeup posing behind Peter's marionette and holding drumsticks. That's from just one of the photo sessions she did with Eric Carr. She did one with Gene and Paul and Ace and even Peter for a separate feature in People magazine that came out later on in 1980. So Ray Ann Rubenstein deserves to have a book of her own kiss photos. It won't be this kind of book where there's a bunch of details to fill it up. It'll be more like Lynn Goldsmith's book, where it's more of a photo book with page after page of beautiful images for people to enjoy. Well, that's a, that is definitely exciting. So that's that's the next thing on the docket after Magic, the Kiss Chronicles. Fantastic, 1973-1983. Ross, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. There's no way we could really do a service to your book in the sense that we can let everybody know and see what's coming, but find you on the social medias. Go to www.magickisschronicles1973 to 1983.com. There will be links in the show notes and also links to your Facebook page. And feel free to use the podcast Facebook page as anything you want it because uh, this is a very important thing. And, and, and you are part of us here at, at Podkiss as far as I'm concerned. So. Make it happen. Thank you so much, Ken. I really appreciate the invite and the opportunity to, to spread the word a little more and, and get more people on board. It's a very exciting ride, and we're, our goal is 125000 and that's really close. You know, we could, we could, if things keep going as well as they have, we should be able to reach our goal, our funding goal of $125,000 uh, by the middle of August. And so, you'll still be able to order other copies once the goal is met. Sure, yes. So there are a, a few of the deluxe editions still left, so hurry up and get your copy. There are a couple of thousand of the standard edition 
uh, still left to go. So after we reach our goal, there will still be books you can purchase. Cannot wait to have this in my hand. Cannot wait to have this here, along with the great KISS books that have come out over the years. This is going to be right alongside of them on my library, and I cannot wait to get Magic, the KISS Chronicles, 1973 to 1983. Thank you for coming on the show today, Ross. Thank you so much, Ken. This is going to be epic. This is going to be, as a matter of fact, it's going to be magic. (laughs) Indeed. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkist.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at KissFAQ.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are Kiss, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, thank you for listening to Podcast, the KISS fanzine for your ears. <laughs>